and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we love to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Don Marshall. I am a chubby guy living in Hollywood, and I am a tornado ready to carry you away to a magical kingdom. Oh my Whoa. gosh. Uh, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and a chubby chaser. Uh, and uh, I'm a lovely rain curtain shower. Uh, I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and I am a giant pink bubble that is floating around the sky gracefully. And <laughs> Glinda style. I pop out. Yay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> and I am Michael, and I am a chaser, and uh, I. <laughs> So Don's tornado has just brought a giant house down upon my head and Trevor's following right behind in his bubble, ready to give some bitch in a blue dress the ruby slippers that I rightly own. Quick, Dan, <laughs> grab his shoes. <laughs> I love those shoes. Welcome to today's show. We are back with a Wizard of Oz themed. Uh, no, 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 not. it's not. <laughs> so how is everybody doing this week? How is the how's that old quarantine life treating you? Are we still in quarantine? I just can't <laughs> tell anymore. He sounds like 10 years older. <laughs> Are we still in quarantine? Am I allowed to come out yet? You guys went on a little day trip on, on Saturday, didn't you? Well, really what it turned into was a an afternoon trip up the coast to the Starbucks <laughs> where, we, where we pre-ordered some food and then picked it up and then got back in the car and, yeah. and, and drank it. <laughs> a friend of mine who's been working through all of this uh, had a five day weekend on his hands with today's holiday mm. and had abs like couldn't hang with anyone, didn't know what he oh, could do. There would be anything different. Oh, so to treat himself, he drove 200 miles mm. to his ah. favorite pie place in the world and brought back two pies. Oh, you know my. I mean? All right. That is dedication to a business. It is. It is. But I uh, support them. You know, I mean, it's different. And I think during these periods when everything is sort of the same, your vacation can be a drive to nowhere where you listen to a uh, a podcast, a, a podcast, a lovely or a podcast featuring <laughs> yeah. four fabulous guys. Yeah. Four sultry voices. That's, and then that's stare right. at the ocean or a different ocean than you're used to seeing for a while and then go back home. But it's different. <laughs> I don't necessarily suggest driving to a different ocean <laughs> <laughs> i mean the one we got here is plenty big enough can i just you say? know what i mean <laughs> um oh so we uh we should get to the the mailbag yeah. which is our new thing but but we Yay. need music for the mail we need music for the mailbag segment I all right i'll, I'll find good something mailbag i think okay. something like kind of folksy like Classic yeah. Americana. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll kind of country. I meant Americana like with someone whistling. Does it banjo? <laughs> because like, only Americans It's like Michael whistle. is from West Virginia. It's really interesting. I'm not from fucking West Virginia. <laughs> it's and Canada. we just lost all of our West Virginia listeners. Thank it's you, like, Michael. <laughs> yeah, all one half of them. Because nobody cops to being fully from West Virginia. <laughs> Where are you from, Michael? <sighs> I'm from Virginia. So you're oh, West so Virginia. It's, wait, wait. It's, it's fucking West Virginia and rimming Virginia. Is that is that it? Oh, uh, so the mail Dan, <laughs> get out. <laughs> Go in the corner. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so the mailbag. Cue the music. Uh, we have a, a response to our listener question that we had asked the last couple of weeks 
um, which was really lovely. And actually, I think I'm going to toss this. Trevor, do you mind taking the lead on this one? I don't want to take the lead. Okay, fine. Dan, do you want to take the lead on this one? Dan has a lovely reading voice. Dan Dan has a good reading voice and is less shy about (laughs) using his voice in an audio medium than Trevor is. (laughs) Okay, so um, a listener writes in. Hi, I was listening to your podcast and wanted to respond to your ask for stories about conversations we've had with friends and family about being fat or fat attracted. I don't usually write to podcasts or radio shows, so this is kind of a first for me. Basically, a few years back, I was visiting home and wound up having such a conversation with my mom. For context, I have a very positive relationship with my mother and have been very open with her. So she had obviously noticed that most of the men I dated were pretty big, 300 to 400 pounds. One evening we were chatting and it just happened to come up. This conversation actually did not go over very well. My mother could not understand why I thought fat was an appealing trait, despite talking about societal perception, the positive feelings and experience I had with my partners, what I saw in my partners that made them attractive, etc. She warily implied that some people date larger partners because they felt they were safer and worried that I was basically settling. I was openly offended by this and told her off, saying that what she said was rude and completely lacking in empathy for both me and my partners. The next day, however, she told me that she had thought about our conversation last night and wanted to apologize. She had felt terrible for what she had said and realized how judgmental she had been. After that, we haven't had any issues in general, my family being very supportive of me. Interesting. That's a nice story. I, I, I get that. I actually had sort of similar reactions from my mom coming out to her, but in opposite. Like the, the conversation was <laughs> it's similar, but exactly the opposite. Well, the conversation I had with her coming out went fine. And then everything went to pot a week later. Oh, but, uh, I see. You know, but yeah, but I, I had those. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. the thing to keep in mind when talking about any sensitive subject that took you a long time to come to an understanding about yourself, your family may not be thinking about this at all until that conversation happens. So you have to cut them some leniency when they end up processing this crap out loud and maybe say the wrong things while processing Mm -hmm. but hopefully come back you know the next day or at least a little bit later and trevor you had said something we were talking about this just on the couch one night and i can't remember you got some really good advice oh yeah so um i was talking about the uh, when you come out as fat or when you're discussing fatness or even just your your own body you have to be aware that sharing that can activate things within people mm-hmm. so while you may be like if you're at a place where you're comfortable with your body and talking about fat you have to be careful because in doing so that can activate someone's own issues or trauma and i think the takeaway from this is that you know the relationship is the is the landscape of these of these conversations is the is the base ground so if you have a good relationship with the person you're talking to and things don't go well, don't worry, it'll get better because that's your relationship. Mm-hmm. If things are usually not that great and the conversation goes, wow, better than I expected. Don't worry, that'll self-correct too. <laughs> <laughs> but be careful about saying like, well, this conversation ends it all because. No, 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 it, not at all. So I have a friend that when she watches a movie that gets a little hard that, uh, you know, the emotions get a little deep or it's it, they're showing something that's difficult to watch. She'll shut off that show. She'll shut off that movie. But mm. that means that's how that movie ends to you. Like you never climb out of that pole. So that's a really good I point. always say, like, watch to the end of the movie. Don't count on anything being a final conversation. Leave the door open so that your relationship can get better. 
having been guilty of doing that exact thing myself. <laughs> um, no, it's not so much when it gets emotional. It's like, I, I know this happened to a lot of people, but like when Game of Thrones had their Red Wedding episode, that just <laughs> happened to be the one episode as it came out live. So nobody knew what it was yet. I decided, hey, maybe I'll give the show a chance uh, because my partner at the time was watching it. And uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I walked away both depressed and nauseated, which was a weird feeling. The sad part is I would be that asshole watching you watch it and just laughing and <laughs> laughing. I, but I don't know if I can give it another chance because the next time somebody told me to watch the show and give it another shot, it was the fight scene between, I don't know, the, I think his name was the mountain and the other dude where at the end he like kills him by sticking his thumbs through the guy's face. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need to see this. Well, <laughs> well, which is odd because you are such an aficionado of horror and gore. Of which is a good segue. Good segue. Sure. <laughs> um, I've actually, during the the latest thing I heard was, uh, I can't remember what commercial it was, but during these turbulent times, <laughs> I have found um, yes. much comfort in horror, which uh, kind of started with um, Time is a Flat Circle. Last week, maybe, I watched Crawl, which is... Oh, yeah. Um, oh, a friend of mine al- wrote that. Oh, oh it was really? thoroughly enjoyable. It is perfect quarantine watching because it is everything is going wrong and it's there's it's satisfying to watch like this can't happen but it's everything is going wrong and everyone's trying to survive and like things just keep going wrong mm-hmm. everything is alligators <laughs> the world is alligators yes. um but then i watched the creep show uh tv show short skin crawlers which on, on shutter Yes. Yes. So show is basically an anthology show where each episode you see two or three horror short films. Um, And in this case, the episode was about in skin crawlers, an overweight man considers a radical weight loss treatment involving leeches on the day of a rare solar eclipse. I wanted to stop within like the first 30 seconds. I'm like, it's going to be short and it's it's creep show. It's supposed to be kind of like 80s campy horror. Like there Mm -hmm. is this kind of aesthetic to it where i'm like okay it's not like i don't want to say it's not supposed to be good but it's not supposed to be like good good yeah the the aesthetic is very much that like b-movie sort of 80s horror where it's everything is kind of exaggerated and like trevor said like i was done with it basically as soon as it started but at the same time i wanted to watch it for the show but i also was you have to kind of cut it some slack because it's trying to set a tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's but well, and you don't order a crunch rep supreme and get <laughs> mad that like this isn't gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it actually. Though I will say I have watched a number of the the uh creep show episodes and some of them are creative. Yes. And interesting. This mm-hmm. was not one of them. I've actually seen this exact same plot done on one of the episodes of Supernatural. Where really? Um, oh, really? a fat vampire is running a weight loss clinic uh, where they're basically draining off of fat people healthily in a way like they're, they're they're not killing anyone. And then one of them at the clinic just gets overly hungry and starts killing people while he feeds on them. Oh, dear. But uh, oh, nice. this one, I'm here's one of my issues. So, like, I am a morality horror guy. I grew up in the 80s, like. Usually, if you were pure as the driven snow or like your heart was pure, you made it to the end of the movie. Usually. I like that. In this one, Mm -hmm. everyone who 
uses this process, meaning all the fat people in the movie or in the in this short screen or crawlers or we should say formerly fat people, people. formerly fat people are punished. Right. And then but Mm -hmm. the the guy who survives is not really portrayed as being okay with his body. He's more okay with his body than other people. It is. It's weird. Like, I, I agree with that. Like, it really felt like watching you know, the the greedy fat people who didn't want to put the effort into losing weight get punished. But at the same yeah. time, it's like he's the, the one guy who refuses to do the crazy weight loss method is the guy who survives. And in so, so, and the hero, really. Yeah. Now, I don't I still don't commend but he's the not a hero because he does anything. That's true. He doesn't well, do he, anything. Just purely by existing. No, resistance <laughs> is doing something. He well, actively but resists. But he doesn't resist. He, uh, he resists yeah. at first, and then he sees the results, and he agrees to do it. Yeah, he agrees so, to do like, it, and then the only reason he doesn't get it done is because people start dying around well, him. Well, but that's yeah. just because he doesn't have this moral crusade to to resist. But I, I well, here's that's the true. thing. The, I think the movie pretty much capitalizes on all the offensive fat person tropes absolutely yes. on the other hand it's done with such an over-the-top camp attitude that it's hard to be offended when it's just that blatantly ridiculous i mean I a lot of those scenes i was laughing i was laughing yeah. at most of the gore just because it's so ridiculous well sure the gore was definitely one thing and there are some good effects in there there's some bad effects in there too yeah. but there's some good ones i think for me it's it's very hard to get past and like trevor said you have to know what you're getting yourself into going in and if this is your thing maybe give it a watch yeah but for me, it was it's it's always hard to get past the scene opens on a fat guy taking a giant bite of something. Oh, and continues like, to go back to that and then goes back to it. So like in the one of the first scenes in the movie, it starts and ends with him taking bites out of a donut. Yeah. Second scene, it starts and ends with him taking a bite out of a burrito like and then the end of the short, like and spoilers, if you hadn't figured that out already, <laughs> it ends with him killing the monster and then picking up a bloody candy bar oh, that, and that, eating oh, it. Oh, yeah, oh, I was oh, not but, happy with that. But come on, what does he kill the monster with? Come on. A, a vending machine a ca- full of candy <laughs> bars. <laughs> yes, exquisite, yeah. exquisite. You see, you see, there you go. That's fat rights right there. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing that, the thing that pissed me off was that... Uh, the portrayal of all of the fat people was one of internalized hatred yeah. for their bodies. And at no point was anyone outside of them shown as being complicit or they were never be shown to be treated badly by the outside world. It was all, mm-hmm. I hate me because of what I am. And not, more than you that, know? the main guy who starts the clinic to help people lose weight his whole thing is like, I used to be fat and hated myself and so should you, but yep. I can cure you. Yep. Like that's his whole crusade. And not that that's saying, not something that has to be done in a shorthand that, that does not have to be well, that, but way. it's the baseline of society. Everybody assumes that fat people are unhappy. And if you're not unhappy, you must be lying to yourself. I mean, that's, that's kind of baseline. Well, if the guy it's, who wrote this went and, there, that's bad. Well, that's my point. That's what he lives in too. Obviously. Uh, I was also, I mean, the, the, uh, the hardest part for me was the, very bad like neck donut fat suit that uh oh boy the, the woman next to him yeah, in the, the beginning was in, which oof, yeah it was, was not good. so it's so bad but it's a horror movie it's supposed to be bad and it's supposed to it's, be grotesque well it's, in, and, in this it's supposed to be it contributes to sort of the cheese factor yeah there you know i get why they needed it because she's supposed to be one of the people who goes from very fat to very thin mm-hmm. 
and it's a short, so they don't have the budget to do a really high quality fat suit. Like I kind of get it, but it is distractingly yeah. bad. It's like, oh man. It made me think of the whole like Tyra Banks <laughs> fat suit where it looked like <laughs> they put her in the most absurd fat suit and outfit possible. And she, her being like, people were staring at me and it was so hard. And I like to think it's a people like, is that Tyra Banks in a fat suit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you guys have suggestions for fat horror movies that we should check out, because uh, mm-hmm. please don't make me sit through thinner again. Um, <laughs> I will be happy to check out anything you send to us. All right. So we got a lot of good stuff to get to. So I'm moving yes. us along. Uh, Trevor, I think we have a Lizzo watch today. Is that Lizzo right? Lizzo watch. Lizzo watch. 2020. It's the abbreviated song. Lizzo's in, uh, you know, the same place as us, but she has basically welcomed us to summer through a series of Instagram posts, and she's living her best pool life, her best swimsuit life, uh, nice. and she has made a call for us to go look in the mirror and see your body. That is your summer body. And now, <laughs> uh, twerk with me, ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot, and I think that applies at any point going into the summer i think a lot of people get very self certainly i you know what's i have always even since i was like a little little kid like five six years old i have always been uncomfortable being shirtless even if it's just around like family like swimming at the beach um and this i think is a really good way to start off that attitude going into the summertime even if we're not necessarily all going out to the pools together like Look at yourself in the mirror and smile. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really healthy way to start. I, I think there's this, there's this been this really great, funny meme going around Facebook. It's been going around for a while about how they didn't cancel gay pride because of COVID. They canceled gay pride because the gyms are closed. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of loving your own body. Yeah. Uh, our main topic is about Love. someone else loving your body from and afar. Dating. During these turbulent times. In the times of Uh, COVID-19 and quarantine. uh, I'll hand it over to Dan because he kind of. I've just mm -hmm. been noticing there's a lot of mainstream sources like National Public Radio and Time Magazine and the BBC doing all these stories on. So what is dating like in quarantine? And in particular, I found a really great segment on the show called The Takeaway, which is produced by WNYC in New York City. Mm -hmm. And they did this really great roundup of. So, you know, what do you how do you do this and where people are going with it? I I thought some of the a couple of the salient points that I thought were interesting is, number one, just the idea of are you going to meet someone in this time of quarantine and what does that say about your compatibility if one of you is willing and one of you isn't willing? Like this mm-hmm. idea of of uh, people's observance of rules as a relationship quality. Like, are you the mm-hmm. rule follower in the relationship? Are you the rule breaker in the relationship? And how is mm-hmm. that going to affect the relationship? Yeah, that that was fast. There's a lot. And one of my favorite things about that, uh, that sort of segment was that they started it with. Uh, listener Collins, mm-hmm. and they yes. and they had like five or six different ones, mm-hmm. and they each told very different versions of what they were doing, whether it was dating somebody new or ha- living with somebody that ha- they had just started dating and got forced together. Um, really interesting, different points of view. Um, Matt Katz, the host, had Jessica Goldstein and Marianne Fisher on, and they brought some really interesting points of view. And the studies being done right now, I, I think are 
we're not necessarily going to see the results for a little while, but the way that people are handling dating during the quarantine is really, really interesting, kind of polarizing too. Very much so. Yeah. Cause there's like Dan was saying, like there's the camp that is very much about like, let's meet up and like, you know, it's almost illicit. Like, I mean, in a lot of ways it is like, you shouldn't be doing that. There's a quarantine. There's an allure yet. to the taboo. That can't Definitely. be right. Allured. It's mm-hmm. exciting. It's, it's the idea that we're doing this together and like nobody knows. I think the other camps that it's drawn people into, or that, let's say split people into is, you know, if you're doing dating on zoom, if you're doing zoom dating, you know, if you value conversation and deep questions, you are going to shine on a Zoom date. If a date mm-hmm. for you is all about energy and that physical contact and the, the prickle of skin on skin, like, oh, Zoom dating is not at all going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And and so on the one hand, I think for a lot of people, Zoom dating is a wish come true. They can finally get rid of all the small talk. Uh, I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about who picks up the check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. But for a lot of people, it's just like, but I can't touch you. There's no reason. Right. I mean, it has this very. And that doesn't mean sexuality. Down. Sorry. No, no, not necessarily. But, you know, yeah, the, just it, there's a kind of physical intimacy, which, mm-hmm. let's face it, a Zoom call is never going to approximate. Yeah. But there's so much other stuff that is foregrounded. And then it becomes a matter of, well, do you value those things that are foregrounded? Well, so like one of the things you said about was just energy exchange. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get I, I am so about the energy exchange in real life. And I get mm-hmm. none of it from the Zoom thing. Like, Correct. it's yeah. just there is a face and it can be amusing and charming, but it's not it's not a person. No, it's talking forging, heads, yeah. forging a connection when there is very little to hang your hat on at first. Like, I, I think there is something to be said for. And they talk about this in the in the episode on the takeaway where once you do get into those meaningful conversations, I think there's something to be said for getting to know somebody before you go into a more physical level of interaction. It's, they said it's kind of a callback to more traditional ways of cor- uh, uh, methods of courtship. In fact, I think that was in the New York uh, Times. We have a, f- a few yeah. articles that we're going to reference here that we'll put on the website. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just the idea that um, traditional courtship is in a new way kind of coming back where you are getting to know somebody a lot more than you might otherwise. And I thought it was interesting. There's the piece in the times that says, you know, how coronavirus is changing dating for the better, very much valuing this idea of we should get to know each other in place of, or in, or or in front of the physical, which I'm not advocating that I'm just saying it's a very interesting uh, uh, flag to plant in the ground. Mm -hmm. COVID the ultimate chaperone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, or as as I love this phrase, this is my favorite take takeaway from the takeaway is the woman says, yeah, it's like, what if the what if Black Mirror were a rom-com? <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because so seeing the whole big picture of everyone being put in this position. But I feel like for a lot of the chip chaser community, this is already a reality of mm-hmm. having to find a partner from afar doing the whole online dating thing trying to get some to know someone before you meet them, which I think can be a plus and a minus because once again, there's the whole energy exchange, which is very different uh, oh, yeah. online versus in person. Uh, even like in college, you know, I dated a guy who he was doing a exchange program. So he was in Italy. So we would have all these little, um, I'm trying to remember what it was, it just video chat through, you know, iMessage because it's his, mm-hmm. you know, 2008 or so. <laughs> and having the, you know, all these little dates online at weird hours and then finally meeting when he finished his program. How did that feel? 
it was weird, especially because it was so different. And also like he, uh, we met the weekend he came back. Like he got back, you know, into the country Friday night. He took a train to come see me Saturday. And it was, I don't know, it was weird because it was completely different, but also like I already knew him. So it was this strange place of this is new, but I know you so well. And that's a long time to be long distance before you meet. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I've said this before about Chub Chaser dating, but the it's such a niche of the general population that unless you live in a large city, like a metropolitan area, the likelihood that you're going to find, you know, a really good date or, you know, much less a perfect partner nearby is pretty slim. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and I think this community has already been so, so used to being online to, to try and find people to connect with and, and possibly date that it's maybe not all that different. Uh, and now the rest of the world is kind of experiencing what a lot of us have already been, a lot of us have already been doing. I completely Um, agree with that. I mean, I've been telling people for a long time, the definition of local, like, is he local? Local is any place you can get to. Can you get to Paris? Yeah, that's local. So, <laughs> and, and that you, this idea of, you know, well, he doesn't live near me. Does he live within 500 miles? Because, you know, sometimes that's that's what it takes. Because if you're a chub, you're not going to go up to some hot guy in a bar and make a move. Probably you might, but probably not. And if you're a chaser, you're not going to go to up to a really hot fat guy in a bowling alley and make a move because, you know, it's not you don't know if they're gay. There's so many variables and like this could go horribly wrong Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's much safer to be in an online environment where you know you're going to be appreciated and you know what you're looking for. And to that extent, I wonder if COVID it's been this thing where one of the number one complaints I hear from chubby guys trying to date is that, you know, men don't want a commitment. They just want to hook up. And I should hasten to say that I hear that from, from, uh, guys in the normal gay community who aren't who aren't fat i hear that from Mm -hmm. women all the time i hear that from like this is not about (laughs) being fat uh there's just Mm -hmm. there's this thing about instant gratification versus long-term commitment but you know here we are in a zoom environment or an online environment where yeah if you're not going to meet or if you're going to delay meeting this is the perfect opportunity to develop something longer term and if the guy is just well i'm going to hook up or we can't hook up and that's the end of the conversation well that kind of tells you what you need to know yeah to be honest, I've actually been turned off a little bit by the sheer volume of people that have been propositioning me for real life get togethers during the quarantine. Oh, because they're going Ooh. nuts. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's I get it. Don't get me wrong. I totally get it. <laughs> but, but, it's also get one it. Those, <laughs> but it's also one of those things where it's like if I can't, I don't know, maybe this is the back of my mind. It's like if I can't trust you during a quarantine can I trust any of your disclosures about your sexual history exactly. or statuses at all? Oh, yeah. Was, well, and that's what I was talking about, about rule, like being the rule guy in the relationship. Yeah. There was actually an article in uh, BBC about the Dutch government uh, advising single people to seek a sex buddy for during quarantine. <laughs> Wait, what? So basically yeah. to find a partner who is like your trusted sex buddy. Oh, just like one person, the dedicated yeah. person. So like a where you. That's like your like your quarantine fuck buddy, which I'm <laughs> I'm sure there are people like that have actually done that properly. Which I was thinking, like if I wasn't in a relationship, huh. like okay, I definitely would do that. Mm-hmm. And like that's fascinating. Choose wise. So basically, you just commit to the fact that you're you're essentially just deciding to be quote unquote roommates with one person, 
uh, and you can hook up because you have a mutual attraction, but you're not going to go see a bunch of people. Yeah. And that keeps it safer. Yeah. So the interesting thing for me, if we go back to the subject of, of dating and if you're looking for somebody to get to know, if this is a time where you're still open to the idea of dating somebody, even though you can't meet them um, or, or really shouldn't meet them. Uh, one of the one of the things that popped up in the New York Times article that I thought was interesting and I hadn't heard before is this idea. It, it builds on the idea of like swipe right, swipe left, like mm-hmm. scrolling through list after list and picture after picture um, and and how much our brain can can handle and the the recommendation was basically if you interact with up to nine people like if you talk to up to nine people that you might have been interested in um stop there and focus in on on one of them like pick somebody to get to know better because the more time you spend around somebody that you were interested in the more likely it is that you'll like them and after too many alternatives and too many choices you're just going to start to go numb to all of it so give yourself time to actually invest in somebody. And this is the this is the perfect time to get to know someone more um, and, and not have a lot of those other pressures of dating. Like, you know, who's going to hold hands first or who's going to pay for the check? All of those sort of trappings that come up that are distractions from a connection. Um, I, I kind of have an analogy for that. You, you know, mm-hmm. I go to a lot of Chub Chaser events and a Chub Chaser event can be anything from 70 people to 700 people sure. uh, or larger. But it's an interesting phenomenon. If I go to a Chub Chaser event, I'm generally, if it's like, let's say it's a group of 100 people and let's say 100 Chubs are, 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 in, are in the pool, <laughs> I'm interested in about three to five of them. If I go to a Chub Chaser event with 700 or 1,000 guys, I'm interested in about three to five of them. Right. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's really interesting because with availability, you just start making up these rules and these tastes that you never would have considered if that wasn't available, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's the whole mm-hmm. thing like you go to an American supermarket, there's 27 kinds of milk. Well, guess what? People have been drinking milk for a couple of thousand years. You don't need 27 <laughs> kinds of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea of focusing in on... A connection and and one of the pieces of, of advice which I think is just great for general life is that we are I think the term they use is soft wired to focus on the negative mm-hmm. I think just as a coping and learning mechanism um, but try like try and get over the fact that he's into dogs and you're into cats like that's that's not really substantive like try and give yourself excuses to like somebody like don't look for the things that don't line up as much if they are not really, really substantive. Like, cause it's going to be so easy. I spe- I think especially with a lot of the negativity just hanging yeah. over us generally, it's going to be too easy to write people off or come up with reasons why you don't like them. Um, try and be patient with what could be a really, really good connection with somebody. Uh, to put it in slightly different terms, uh, don't be a movie studio executive. Um, <laughs> when I started I pitching that. films, I learned really quick that most people in the hierarchy of filmmaking are looking for a reason to say no, mm-hmm. because saying yes is the riskiest thing you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's yeah. true of relationships too. Well, yeah. And, and making snap judgments. And I would also put in the mix here that in the Chub Chaser universe, you have what I term chaser guilt, chaser shame, which is they want to get their freak on. They want to get their sexuality satisfied. 
but they're still not at home with identifying as a chaser. They're still not at home with, oh my God, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with a 400 pound guy. That is a hurdle they have not yet cleared for themselves. And so they, they even more so look for reasons to say no and their commitment evaporates after their erection does. <laughs> I wonder if, yeah, cause I, I know a lot of people that, you know, are alone in quarantine and basically are reevaluating their, I don't want to say reevaluating their lives, but their priorities in terms of like, okay, I, I need, I want to get serious about having a partner now. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if this will help some chasers kind of just get over themselves in terms of what Dan was talking about. If being isolated, like, wow, this would be much better if I had a 400 pound guy with me that I could be spending the rest of quarantine with. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, re, like you said, like assessing your priorities. Um, and even in the really, really basic sense of, I mean, I think this is maybe less of a thing right now, now that we've been through it for a few months, but certainly at the beginning, I think probably everyone and certainly I did and people I talked to had this initial sense of of panic where you don't know what's going on. And the real question is, like, am I going to get sick and die? And, mm -hmm. you know, after time, you start to get perspective on things and you don't maybe you don't not panic as much. But the idea that that could happen is really just a reminder that in life, nothing is a given. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you only have six months left, do you want to spend it with somebody special? Um, maybe not. Maybe the answer is no. But I think asking yourself that question instead of ignoring it and running around is is valuable. Yeah. I mean, like I am definitely one of those people that sees a relationship as being a positive thing. But you do not have to you do not have to be that way. Like it's perfectly fine to want to remain single. It's perfectly fine to mm -hmm. want to be polyamorous. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that the people you're involved with, even if it's just yourself, are on board with what you're looking for and know the situation. One, one of the articles was even saying, um, I believe it was maybe um, the New York Times article, um, was saying, you know, it's perfectly fine to not be dating, not be pursuing anything during these turbulent times. Yeah, and giving, <laughs> um, yourself, and giving yourself permission to not do that. Yes, and not, not mm -hmm. to use the apps and just kind of to, you know, we're talking about this as like something that a lot of people are doing but if you're listening and like this is not me at all that is perfectly fine yeah and i think on the flip side if that is something that you're into whether it's a new development and you've decided this during quarantine or it's just been your mode of being since beforehand one thing that i thought was really interesting that i hadn't thought i hadn't considered um which i think was in the episode of the takeaway is this idea that you know when you meet somebody in person whether you like whether you do it consciously or not, you're making snap judgments about them. You're assessing how they dress, how they carry themselves, you know, how they speak. You make assumptions about their personality based on the sound of their voice. All of those things that you initially react to um, are a lot less prevalent when you're, well, A, just text chatting, but then also video chatting. Like you're not going to have as much information to go on. And I think that clears the way to focus on substantive things like, what you're actually talking about and getting to know somebody um, and the stories that they tell. Um, that being said, there is still a way I think to present yourself, which helps, which we've kind of, Dan has kind of talked about as far as taking like a good profile picture. Um, <laughs> yes. But they, they talked about this in the episode, which I super appreciated as a filmmaker, but like if you're going to be on a zoom call with somebody or a video call, like light yourself. Well, like there, there are certain like cameras lie 
that that's all they do. A camera will never ever show who you actually are and you have to work with it. You have to give yourself, you know, a few benefits and it's really easy to just take, you know, a lamp, just take a lamp with a lampshade on it. That's nice and diffused and put it next to the laptop or the phone that you're looking at. So it's in front of your face. And, and that's it. That's all you got to do so that people can see you well. Well, Be and, and your the, own the friend with benefits. The, the, <laughs> what I think they said that, you know, we, we're not going out to bars and you don't have all this atmosphere of the mm-hmm. place working for you. So your apartment is the bar. So set it up how you'd like to appear in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not necessarily something you'd consider. Uh, especially if you've been living alone or if you're in quarantine and, you know, we have the quarantine chic joke about like nobody looks their best right now, but there's certain things you can do to, to zhuzh it up a little. Well, and can I just say that we, you would give exactly the same advice. People think like, oh, you're just talking about sex and hooking up and lying to people. But you do exactly the same thing for a remote interview. If you were going on a mm-hmm. job interview, sure. mm-hmm. you would make mm-hmm. sure to cl- you would make sure to be well lit. You would make sure to clear the background. <laughs> when I was teaching, when I was teaching business communication at Marshall, I mean, I would try to instill in the students like, no, you don't want your birthday balloons in the background of your <laughs> of the piece I'm grading. <laughs> so my mom is a uh, a nurse, uh, and and she works at the VA, and a lot of her job right now is uh, basically doing. Yeah. Yeah. And and talking to uh, a lot of their patients, it used to be having meetings with them and helping prescribe medications. And now it's done through Zoom because they're being responsible and keeping the distance. And she said it's it's hilarious how quickly people drop the sort of decorum of meeting with somebody when it's a zoom call in their own home. Mm. Like people show up like without shirts on people show up with like, all, like shit on the wall, like, like dirty dishes, <laughs> like all of this, like total. And she's sitting there like, you know, her <laughs> husband, my stepdad is a photographer. So he put a little background up for her and like, it looks nice and professional. And she's sitting there talking to somebody who's got like a beer in one hand and like boxers and that's it. And it's like, hmm. really? I like- saw a collection of zoom of photos of people on zoom who didn't bother to clear out their marital aids mm. <laughs> uh, from the background. Yes. Yeah. Have sex toys sales skyrocketed <laughs> listeners. Please tell us. I saw this one where a guy is talking. He looks so respectable. And there's the biggest container of lube I've ever seen in my life. Just like five feet behind him. It's like he could (laughs) swim in that thing. It's amazing. (laughs) I I think that's also another really important thing, especially if you're not necessarily looking to date or even if you are, is the idea that if you're if you want to be responsible and not meet people in person, which I think is wise, uh, substituting sex with masturbation. Like I know a lot of people who, not a lot, but I know people who refuse to masturbate and want to put all of their energy into, you know, finding dates or, you know, or even if it's just with their own partner, uh, which is fine. But also like we're in quarantine now and times are different. And that is a, I think, a very healthy substitute, uh, especially given that there's a plague going on. (laughs) If you're not good at loving yourself, who's going to love you? (laughs) And... Coronavirus can be transmitted through seminal fluids. So, well, <laughs> safe sex, everybody. Yeah, you have to get you have to keep that that system flowing. You don't want to kill someone when you finally do what it's safe to hook up. <laughs> it's like taking a drink from a waterfall. <laughs> sex to die for. So, if you have kind of a personal experience with uh, 
dating online during coronavirus or maybe not dating online during coronavirus, uh, we'd love to hear please about that. Yeah. Uh, write in with your experience of virtual dating if you have one. Uh, we'd love to hear it. And I think we'll just do that as our, our kind of our follow up with the mailbag each week. I think it yes. could be really fun. Um, so and, we have a tip this yes. week. Is that right? Uh, so I thought this would be a good kind of a virtual dating related tip because maybe you, you need to update your pictures. Maybe you want some sexy underwear for your virtual date or maybe if you, you want to need new take Lizzo's advice and spank yourself. <laughs> yes. Like these are a great way to go. Twerking uh, underwear. <laughs> um, so Bearskin is an underwear company that they go up to six uh, X for uh, kind of like boxer briefs and jock straps. And that's bearskin.com with no yes, I in the skin. No I. <laughs> no skin, no I. Well, bear bearskin.com with the I probably already existed yeah. when they came up with the, yeah. and they, that's your adjust. bare skin supplier. These are <laughs> underwear. <laughs> bare skin rugs, not to be confused with jock straps. Oh, um, I'm looking at their site right now. They sell jock straps. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh, the jock straps are sold out in the larger sizes, I think, almost entirely. Um, oh, my. And I think they I've, probably go pretty saucy quick. listeners out there. I have never actually owned a jock strap in my entire life. I'd be curious to check one out. I'm not a big fan either to wear or to play with, but I, they are extraordinarily popular. I am far in the minority. Yeah, I, I definitely have have heard a lot about that. I also don't uh, own any. And weirdly enough, I was an athlete as a kid and, and still kind of am. And th- that was never I think I had one jockstrap at one point and found it very uncomfortable. So I don't really know what those are supposed to even be for, but I didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I, I get it. But at the same time, it just seems like a lot of work for me as the person putting on the jockstrap. <laughs> For, right just trying like, to get through to put it on just so it can be torn off to get to the, the <laughs> no 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 you use it, you use the straps as handles that's what it's for <laughs> well you know this is new to me because i've never heard anybody say anything but extolling the virtues and and sexual advantages and eroticism of jock straps so i'm just looking at these like does it is it like a thong does it have something that goes up your crown no no, no that's no. the thing. point it goes that's around your cheeks oh yeah okay. it's I, you know, I think there's something to be said for kind of like framing your booty and, and it's a different, it's like the male version of a thong, although male, men can wear thongs too. No shame. Um, but yeah, it's, it goes around the butt instead of into the center of it. I think it's also like the whole like locker room fantasy. Absolutely. It's the whole masculine jock thing. Right. Which is super not, I guess Dan and I, you are in the same boat there. Like <laughs> yeah. super not my. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to get some, some sexiness on, or if you just want to spank yourself, Lizzo yeah. style. Twerk uh, in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Twerk along with Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we unfortunately had to cut the episode short before we got to the bit. Although it was, I think our longest episode ever still. So <laughs> kudos to us for for getting through it. But uh, Dan had prepared a, a bit, which I'm super excited about. Yay. All right. So uh, in the style of uh, just asking kind of interesting questions, uh, there are four questions mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to give you the category of each question. And yes. you can think to yourself now, if you want to go first or second or third or whatever, but here are the four categories of questions. You ready? Yes. Yes. Number category. Number one, I've looked at clouds from both sides now. Oh, <laughs> Category number two, you huh. shall not pass. <laughs> Category number three, membership has its privileges. Category number four, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, huh. oh, I like these. Yeah. Anybody want to start? I'll go first. All right, Don. So we've got, I've looked at clouds from both sides now. You shall not pass. Membership has its privileges and a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Which would you like to start with? 
I love me some Gandalf. I will go with You Shall Not Pass. Okay, here we go. Excellent. (laughs) In one of our past episodes, Trevor mentioned three possible ways to react to someone's negative comment about being fat with class, sass, or blast. Tell us about a time (laughs) that you said or did something to challenge someone's ideas about being fat and what happened. Okay, Hmm. so I think technically Hmm. this would fall under blast. (laughs) Um, So I was a fat kid. Like, uh, just like I was always a large kid. Um, and, uh, as I was crossing from eighth grade into ninth grade, we had one phys ed teacher in high school, Mr. McDonald. I think I can say that after all this time, he was goddamn (gasps) beautiful, my Lord. (laughs) Uh, and just a flaming ass to me. Um, he was, I I think it was, he just didn't like fat kids because he was nice to everybody, but me. And like one other larger kid, he just Mm. was not kind. Mm. So we had a, and I was dreading crossing from eighth into ninth because then he'd become my teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a Renaissance fair every year to raise money for my school. And so we had this event called the jousting beam where you would get up on the jousting beam. It was a balance beam. uh, (laughs) And you had a pole with two gigantic hay bags on either side. And you have to (laughs) knock someone else off that, that pole. So here's a little secret that some of you chasers may not know. Some of us bigger guys have amazing low centers of gravity. And uh, you may have a really hard time knocking us over if we don't feel like being knocked over. Um, So I was on a streak on the balance beam. I was knocking one challenger off after another. And then next thing I know, my goddamn future phys ed teacher gets up on the beam with me. Mm. Um, and I just remember him looking so like sort of smug, like this cannot continue. The fat kid Mm. must go down. And I knocked his ass off that beam three times in a row. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Just, he did not stand a chance like little eighth grader against big, like, like 35 year old ex college jock. (laughs) I paid for it for four years uh, through high Mm. school when he decided to do acrobatics Almost oh every single phys ed class. Uh, uh, but uh, you know what? It was a sweet victory in the moment. So, yeah. Oh, that is it. an awesome story. Yeah. <laughs> you could put that and in a movie. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it felt good. I'll say it. I bet. I went, who's man, who's next? Who's next? Uh, you want me to review the categories again? Uh, I'll go next. I know what I want to do. Okay. Um, I think I believe the category was called I've seen both sides of the clouds. I have looked at clouds from both sides now. Yes. Okay. Do that one. All right. We often change our mind about things uh, without ever realizing we used to have a different opinion or believe something different. (laughs) Describe something you used to believe about being fat or having an attraction to fat that you no longer believe. Oh, that is a good one. I and that is that totally describes me. (laughs) 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 I think the the number of things that I've forgotten (laughs) and then rediscovered later on. I think that here's a good one. One of the things that has shifted several times for me based on my experiences uh, being a chaser and being into fat guys is uh, flexibility Mm. and the understanding of what somebody's flexibility is from person to person. Uh, I think earlier on in my sort of sexual awakening, um, the guys that I had been with were all quite flexible and just sort of comfortable in their own bodies. Um, And that I, I just had that in my mind as my experience and that's what I expected. And so when I came along to somebody who wasn't like that 
and 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 had a lot of sort of restraintive restrictive issues with their with their own body it was kind of jarring for me and it sort of shook that assumption i had that that you would always be comfortable with your body or like know how to use your body even if it was different from mine mm. um and that required like i had to kind of reconsider what i thought i knew already um and that was i think it was actually really helpful though because it also made me more conscientious of like some of the restrictions kind of like what Trevor has talked about, like trying to do yoga or other things where you are moving and stretching, but you still have certain restrictions that because I hadn't really had to, I hadn't thought about. Um, uh, I should also say that like Trevor and I are really good examples of very different physicalities. Like I've got a lot mm -hmm. of muscle. He's got a lot of fat and he is so much more flexible than I am. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. He can put his toe in his ear for Christ's sake. And I can <laughs> and I can barely, you know, touch the floor. Right, right. Well, and that's the, and interestingly that kind of show, like you just said shone the light on myself where I was like there was a point a few years ago where I was like I I can't touch the like if I lean down I can't touch the floor. Mm -hmm. Like I am so inflexible because I'm just not doing anything to contribute to my own like I don't stretch, I don't do yoga. Yeah. And so when I started doing those things uh, it was like a reminder daily that like some people don't have this naturally. Some people have to work at it and it doesn't really matter what your body type is so much as, as like sometimes you actually have to work yourself through a routine, whether it's yoga or just stretching every morning to kind of have that flexibility. Um, but I think for me, it just, it very much made me more conscientious of people's different limitations and restrictions when it comes to their body it is yeah. an interesting point because I, I do have a stereotype that bigger guys are more flexible like I, most of the bigger guys I, i've known and been close to have been i can i can actually get my palms under my feet when i'm standing up mm -hmm. you wow. know like i and i don't think that's that rare for a lot of fat guys not all fat guys obviously but mm -hmm. well I, I remember talking to this one guy and he was he was very big in one dimension he was like five foot three maybe four and about 560 pounds. Wow. And his doctor, uh, you know, said like, okay, so who helps you? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, well, who dresses you, for example? Come on, you, know, you can't possibly dress yourself. <laughs> and, and he was uh, taken aback, as you can imagine. And she's like, come on, you're telling me you tie your own shoes? And he says, absolutely, I tie my own shoes. And you think about if those dimensions, five, four, 560 pounds, how does he tie his own shoes? I'll tell you how. He puts his leg straight out at a 90 degree angle like a ballerina and he falls on top of it and he ties his shoes. And why can he do that? Well, because he's been doing it his whole life because he's been fat all his life. Mm -hmm. And he has invented this workaround called that's how I tie my shoes. Right. Because he can't go yeah. forward to tie his shoes. His belly's in the way. So he goes laterally. And I think that's the point is just like doing literally just working with your with your own body if you're not doing it the way that a lot of people other other people do it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong mm -hmm. it just means you're doing it differently mm -hmm. but yeah i think that was that was definitely something that's was a change in mindset for me at a point and also has been very helpful that's great trevor which one are you going with do you want to hear the a remaining beautiful categories? day in the neighborhood beautiful day in the neighborhood okay mm -hmm. beautiful day in the neighborhood we all miss lots of places we used to visit or want to visit. Describe for us a place that you're looking forward to going on a date when this is all over. Aww. Perhaps someplace you know you love or someplace completely new. Um, I mean, I think the big thing, just the, the first thing that popped in my head is uh, going back to the Roxy with you. Mm -hmm. uh, the Roxy is a hotel in New York in Tribeca that Dan and I actually discovered. Uh, so <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> it was our second trip to New York where we're like staying at a hotel together. 
Dan initially booked this very boutique hotel in um, Soho that, I mean, I'll let, I'll hand it to Dan for this part just because. Well, <laughs> because I had been used to going to New York kind of on the cheap and finding a lower priced hotel. And I was just booking the hotel for me. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, I'll just book one for me and Trevor. Not really taking into consideration Trevor's dimensions because I'd never mm-hmm. traveled as a couple with a super chub. I'd certainly travel with super chubs when they like booking the hotel for us. And yeah, the, it was a small little room and I'd never stayed at the hotel before. So I'm not even sure I would have liked it on my own, but it was a, a tiny little hotel. Let's put it this way. Not only could Trevor not get in and out of the shower with any degree of ease, but he, I don't think that both of us could be standing up in the room at the same time. We just would have bumped into each other. Yeah. Whoa. It was a really small room. <laughs> well, so, that's European. So I was panicked. I was stressed out. We were going to meet a friend uh, at a restaurant nearby. On our walk back from the restaurant, I saw like a town car pull up and someone get out with wheelie suitcase and then someone like dash out and open the door for them. I'm like, that's a hotel. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very nice hotel. Y- yes. <laughs> and uh, I said, we should go look at that hotel. Um, and being, you know, a good boyfriend at the time and you want to be accommodating to your super job partner. Uh, I, we went to the front desk and I threw myself on the mercy of the front desk attendant saying, we have a hotel. We hate it. What can you do for us? Which is the worst way to ever approach a hotel, right? So, <laughs> uh, anyway, slash forward, <laughs> I don't know how many years, maybe seven years or something. Uh, anytime we're in New York, we go and stay there and it is, it is lovely. It is, it is the Roxy at the bottom of Sixth Avenue. Yes. It's tradition now. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, tradition. Uh, the fir- so we went and then the next year we went back at the same time and they immediately remembered us. We find that oh. happens a lot. Like we show up somewhere twice a year apart and they're like, oh, you guys are back. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> hi, who are you? <laughs> I can see you being fairly memorable. We, yeah, we tend to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dan, are you answering the fourth? I guess I could. Um, yeah. So the fourth question is membership has its privileges. Uh, what is something you like about fat men or an advantage you found in being fat? Uh, how do you, how did you discover this? How has it been frustrating that not everyone sees this? <laughs> uh, well, this is, I know you have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like what I do for a living. So uh, there's so many ways to answer this question. I used to get this. I, I used to get this question a lot from Chubbs. Uh, I would very often be asked by Chubbs. So what is it you like about fat guys? And that became one of the things I answered to my seminars and then answered my book. I don't know that's what I want to tackle in this answer, though. Imagine it this way. Maybe you've done this before, but this is, for me, this is interesting. Imagine that there is a young chaser out there who's extremely inexperienced or maybe has no experience, but is kind of trying to figure out what the world of chasing is all about. Uh, what And he asks you that question. That's really good. Okay. So I would say... Follow your bliss, young one. It will lead you where you need to go. (laughs) Uh, And it really does, because what's in your way as a chaser is two things. Your own prejudices about, but what if I don't like that? What if that goes horribly wrong? It's sort of like what we were talking about before, where it's easy to commit to a coffee date. It's harder to commit to, hey, let's go hiking for an entire afternoon with someone you've Mm -hmm. never met. So... 
you know, the, the, there are a lot of chasers, young ones are, are really afraid of like, mm, am I going to like this? Well, I, my solution to that is just set up the date to something that is scalable. Like maybe you just meet for coffee. Mm-hmm. The problem is that usually a chaser wants just wants to get his dick wet and it really is insensitive to be like, okay, well, we're going to set up a 15 minute fuck. Is that okay with you? No, it's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so I guess the other thing is you, as much as it is about you exploring your own sexuality, once you leave masturbation and are in bed with another human being, it's not about just you anymore. It's about the experience that both of you are having. And so what I would say is regard your partner as someone who's going to change and add to the experience, not something with which you are going to explore what you already know from masturbating. Mm. Like so often, I think men are in bed with someone and they just put this uh, this sort of appliance down, the sheet over their partner, and they're going to enact their fantasy on top of whatever body is beneath them. Mm-hmm. And that's not what that person is for. And I think a lot of chubs can relate to what I'm saying. I think a lot of chasers can relate to what I'm saying. And that's when things go really, really horrible. There is a magnificence that your partner is going to bring to the experience that you cannot possibly anticipate because it's not you. It's outside of you. It's them. Mm -hmm. And I just welcome people to not try to engineer or guard against that. Let it happen. Absolutely. Very nice. Okay, cool. Well, congratulations. You have made it to the end of yet another very long <laughs> Big Fat Gay podcast <laughs> episode. But I, 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 this has been one of my favorite ones so far. To yes, be this has been. I had a very good time. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, before I get into our little marathon social media thing, uh, just another <laughs> reminder, if you have a little quarantine date story, mm-hmm. tell us about it. And where can you tell us about it? Go, 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 go. We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Right, right. Sorry. This is the end. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where you can leave us a five star review. You can also leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. See all the lovely stuff we talked about on today's episode at www.bigfatgaypod.com. And uh, maybe you're uh, listening on a date on zoom ah. with your um your new quarantine date person a, a podcast date a podcast date <laughs> oh we're perfect for that <laughs> and uh there's someone behind each of you and they're on a separate date and it's a double date so <laughs> watch out <laughs>